0: From face-to-face training to blended training techniques, The Dot Consulting delivers distinct advantage for organizations looking to grow. We help you invest in technology knowledge through training, experimental learning, and community connections. Employees create an overall collective sharpness, savviness, and greater productivity using technology as a tool, thus increasing the technological speed and quality of the expertise in your organization. The Dot Consulting, a new level of tech savvy visit the.consulting.co. Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coding the Future. Coding the Future is an education based show to give information and action tips to working adults to guide them to a new level of tech savvy through leveraging their own skill set. We share the inside scoop on tech trends, explain how to leverage current technology in your career, and explore how your talents can be the key to your tech success. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. I'm an educator, technologist, entrepreneur, mom of two amazing boys, lover of all things coffee and wine, an avid list maker, and a lifelong learner. And I am honored that you've taken the time to spend an hour with us to learn more about coding the future, about technology, and to get to know my experts that join us each week. This week, I am extremely excited. I think I have some goosebumps because, you know, I have been a lifelong educator And computer science and technology is my heart. Most of my days are spent working with educators to help them find their own path and their own success to integrating technology and computer science into their classrooms. And even more so with that, in addition, empowering young women to find their voice and their place in this world of computer science and tech, it is Still, in 2021, there is a disparity between men and women in the field of tech and also among minorities in tech. And then you also throw in a gender identification, and that tends to change the game some more. And so it has been my passion to work with young people to change that conversation and give a voice to those that identify with a fee- as a female or a female persona, and those that classify in the minority area to find their way to share all the great things that are happening and how we can help create a change. So today, I am joined by an incredible young lady who is doing that. She's walking the walk. She is a, oh, an entrepreneur. She is a social change, uh, create social change, and she is in high school, ladies and gentlemen, in high school. And her name is Laura, and I'll let her introduce herself here in just a moment. But she not only at the young age of 15 is an a student, but she has created an organization to find a place for young Latina women to find their voice and their fit in the world of technology, engineering, and computer science. So Laura, I am so excited to have you here on the show. I cannot believe sometimes I'm still in awe that you tell me you're 15 and just an incredible human and such a bright future ahead. But Laura, welcome to the show.
2: No, thank you so much. That welcome was, I don't even have enough words to describe that. It means so much that somebody thinks that highly of me. So thank you so much.
1: For that. Well, I literally am still having goosebumps because the first time we met, we had a wonderful opportunity to connect through another mutual friend of ours. And the moment Laura started speaking, I said, oh my goodness, we are going to be kindred spirits. And there's so many things we're going to be able to do today, uh, do together to help continue to open the doors for women in the tech field. But Laura, let's start with a little bit. Let's tell the audience a little about who you are and you know, maybe just talk a little bit about your background and then we'll dig into, you know, all the bigger things you're doing. But who are you?
2: Who is Laura? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, my name is Laura Plata. I'm currently a ninth grader, 15 years old. Um, I moved here to Charlotte in 2012, but I'm originally from Bogota, Colombia. Um, although I was born here in the States, I basically lived in Colombia throughout all my childhood. Um, so I was able to pick up Uh, some solid Spanish, meet my relatives, get friends there. Um, And I'm really thankful for that because now I, you know, I self-identify with my culture a lot. And I'm really thankful that my parents gave me that opportunity. I would say that my biggest passion in life, or one of my biggest passions in life, because I am not single-minded, is STEM. And anything that's STEM-related. My parents are the biggest science geeks you will ever meet. And same thing with the rest of my family. So it makes sense that I um, became a huge science lover and STEM lover myself. Um, to further develop my STEM love and my love for these fields, something that I've done a lot is a bunch of science competitions. Um, that includes um, E-Cyber Mission, Science Olympiad, um, and actually, um, at the high school level we finished we just finished competing for um, Science Olympiad at the state level. And I was able to win an award which was pretty exciting there. Um, that's amazing. But, yes thank you. Um, in the seventh grade when I visited seventh grade Science Olympiad, um, it was my first year there. Um, and um, when I was at the state competition that year, there were kids from all over the state there were kids from different ethnicities, different schools, um, different genders, and I was given the chance to speak to a lot of different kids from different backgrounds. Of all the kids who I spoke to, not a single one of them was Latino, let alone Latina. Believe me, I asked around. I got chances to talk to all different people. You
1: know what? I believe that about you, Laura, that you were asking around. I totally believe you.
2: Yeah, I am a little bit of a social butterfly, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Love that so, about you.
2: Um, after the competition, you know, I came home and I decided I, I I'm not happy with this. I don't want to be the only Latina girl at science competitions for the rest of my life. So I decided that I was going to do a little bit further investigation on why there's such a lack of Latina representation in STEM. I found that one of the biggest obstacles is that Latinas are just not sufficiently exposed to STEM subjects at the K through 12 level, even though we're the largest minority in the public school system. So my next step from there, I was like, okay, I found the deep root of the problem. You know, what should I do next? So my next step was to create the program um, called Steam Minis that's going to provide exposure in STEM for our community. So I'm gonna say this right up front. It took me a long time to come up with all um, the, the details for Steam Minis. So I had to sit down and brainstorm ideas of how exactly I could solve this issue because it's such a multifaceted issue that obviously doesn't have just one solution. So after all this time sitting down and discussing, um, I've come up with Steam Minis. So um, I can elaborate a little bit more on that if you need right now.
1: Yeah, let's. We're going to dig into that in just a minute. But I want to go sure. back to a couple of things. First of all, it is incredible that you have had the opportunity to really grow up in the states, but have that cultural grounding from your roots in Colombia. And that I, I, my favorite statement that you've said so far is that your parents are the biggest STEM nerds e- ever. I don't. I don't know, Laura. I may. I may have to. Um, give them a run for their money. I'm, I'm a pretty hashtag tech mom nerd myself, but uh, tell me a little bit about what do you mean by that? So I know you've told me before that you and your dad have explored lots of pieces, done lots of projects and things like that, mm-hmm. but how did your parents, how do you call them STEM nerds? Like what about them embraces that piece and how have they used their nerdiness, uh, I would say, to help inspire you to think about STEM in a different way? Sure.
2: So I guess the first thing that comes to mind is something that a lot of kids might think sounds absolutely terrible, but for me it has become one of the biggest highlights of our road trips. Whenever we go on road trips, we we listen to music and we talk, and we tell stories, we play games. But the biggest thing that my parents did for me when I was little is they'd have me ask questions about the world and they'd answer me. So I'd look outside and I'd say, mom dad why is the inside of the car looking like it's still but the outside the world is rushing by and then they'd go and they'd give me a simple five-year-old explanation of the theory of relativity and as the years have gone by I've the questions that I started to ask have gotten obviously more complex more as, as I've acquired more knowledge my thirst for knowledge has just grown more and more. So that's the first thing that I think and that's kind of just in a casual everyday sort of sense, where my parents are just constantly spitting out random facts, you know, a lot of kids ask their parents, why is the sky blue and their parents can't answer them. I'm so thankful that I could ask my parents why is the sky blue, and they could really tell me why the sky was blue, and all the different types of refraction in the sunlight, uh, with the Earth's atmosphere explaining why the sky is blue. But I guess a little bit more on like the school and specific project area. Um, I guess it really started when my parents taught me how to use power tools. If I had to say um, like the thing that really got me into STEM, I'm gonna say it was engineering and using power tools. Um, I now have a little (laughs) workshop in my garage. Um, My dad ended up buying my uh, table saw for myself so that I could work on my own projects, like an entire table saw um, like a That's amazing.
1: How old were you with the table saw, Laura? Um,
2: I think by that point I was in sixth grade. So I was about 12 years wow. old then. Um,
1: what was the first power tool they gave you? It was a you? drill.
2: It was a drill. They taught me. It's really cool. Uh, I think it was probably around eight or nine as uh, we did that big mm-hmm. family project together. Um, I think it was actually for Science Olympiad, actually. Um, they helped me uh, learn the engineering design process. Um, you know, how to build something. And, you know, sometimes whenever I'm not busy at school, um, I still like to go down and, you know, tinker around with power tools, build something, um, just anything I can really to get my hands moving, to get, you know, fun, interactive things going on downstairs.
1: yeah, I mean, I think that's really incredible. I mean, how did that build your confidence? I'm trying to think back when you're eight or nine, you know, when you're, I mean, goodness, you're only 15. But mm-hmm. even in that time, when you're young, you know, you're not really scared about trying. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about when I really learned to use a power tool much older, and I'm always afraid of, you know, screwing my finger into something. But mm-hmm. What kind of confidence did that give you when you really were able to figure out how to use a drill? And then then what was the next piece? Like, how did that build your confidence?
2: Sure. I guess the biggest thing that being able to use power tools taught me is understanding um, things around me more. So I'm pretty sure a couple years after that, um, that probably didn't make a lot more sense. I'm going to elaborate a little bit more. But a a couple years after that, I completely redid my room. Um, we took apart the bunk bed that used to be in there and brought just a a normal human bed, one that, (laughs) a a little kid bunk bed, but I was able to help my parents assemble that and take it apart, understood and and understand exactly how everything was built. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I could go around and around the house and pinpoint exactly, you know, there's a screw here, this needs to be tightened, um, Whenever I was in the car, I remember my dad could show me, could pop open um, the hood of the car and show me and teach me what's inside of the car, Um, which I don't know. Um, I guess it just, it made me feel really empowered that I knew as a little kid, all these things that some adults these days don't even know themselves. Correct. Um, And I could also, I'm going to be very honest here, Um, I could keep up. A conversation with an adult, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So it was always a good conversation started when people were talking about projects that they were, you know, they're refurbishing their home or they're building something outside. I could always opine on those things because I, sure, not to the extent that they understood them, but I could semi understand what they were talking about, which, you know, feels really cool as a kid that you don't have to go and sit at the kids' table and be bored talking about. Barbie life in the dream house the entire time.
1: So. Uh, yes. Amen to that sister. And I ju- my favorite, I now, now I have a new favorite comment that you ask, <laughs> why is the world moving so fast uh, outside of the car? And they explained in very simple terms, the theory of relativity. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool day. We might
1: need to ask your mom and dad to write that down for us so that we could share that out with other people.
2: (laughs) I'm pretty sure it took them a couple hours to explain it to me because they were like, ooh,
1: um... Let's get you a little bit of background knowledge before I answer the <laughs> yeah. question for you. But you know what? That's great. You know what I like about that, too, is that they had to think through that process. They really had to decompose your question and figure out, all right, where do we start in order to get you to understanding it with a bit of relevancy for you as, as a young child? Mm-hmm. So, OK, so we are building with power tools. You are continuing. You still build. You still like to tinker and go down and use your... Um, Use your mind in different ways. I think what's really nice about that, and there's something to be said about how we enact all of our senses when we're learning something, how we're, we can smell it, we can taste it, we can hear it, we can touch it. Those things help us remember content and concepts in a much better way, which is actually what I heard you say about really getting your hands dirty or getting your hands and moving and thinking about building and walking through that process.
2: Yeah, Exactly
1: so you have built with your power tools what was next after that so they started with you with with then did you start doing more experimental pieces or how did you start Mm -hmm. beginning to not uh, construction is very much a, a a stem steam activity but how did you begin to move into other things like science olympiad i mean i guess part of the building was that too but what were some of the other steps that you began to take
2: so I think that the next thing that really caught my eye was um, in the science department. And I'm not going to say it's full on chemistry because that's too advanced for what I was doing way back then. But I'm going to call it chemistry because um, when I was a kid, geek that I am, I reread Harry Potter about seven times. And when, um, at Science Olympiad, basically what we had at school is every Tuesday, we'd go to the lab and we'd work on our events. Um, And when we were choosing events one year, um, I was reading about this one event, um, which was about, you know, chemical reactions. And I was like, you know what, this sounds like potions making in Harry Potter. I was like, if I, yes, oh my gosh, I love that. I can be, I can, I'm going to be a potions master. I'm going to be like, Like, you know, Severus Snape and Horace Slughorn. I am going to be the potions master. I'm going to learn how to do potions and perform magic. So I'm going to say that that's probably the next step was that correlation between Harry Potter and chemistry and reactions. That's the next thing that got me hooked on STEM. I thought that was some pretty cool stuff right there. Yeah. Mm hmm. So I guess then after that, it was just all about developing those two things. Um, I will say most of the events that I've done in Science Olympiad have been either engineering related or chemistry related Um, a little bit, or obviously with engineering comes physics and math too. Um, so I'm going to say that's probably what I've kind of stuck to, um, those mm-hmm. two things. And I think the biggest reason for that is that I just discovered those two things and that I love those two things at such a young age. Whereas I only started playing around, um, with other aspects in STEM once I was a little bit older. Um, I will say when I was in third grade, my dad sought, sat me down, um, over the summer and taught me how to code. hmm I'm going to say dad could have probably done a little bit of a better job making that coding experience a little bit more (laughs) enjoyable because at that point I would much rather have been in the garage tinkering than sitting down at the desk coding. Right. But I, now, now that I'm older, I understand why he was trying to teach me to code so young. And, you know, my dad's, um, my dad works a lot with computers. So I understand that he was trying to show me computers at such a young age. And I will say that now I'm a lot more open to coding um, and computer science. But I'm going to say most of that is because of school and not because of my parents. Um, I'm gonna say, <laughs> well, they've done
1: a lot, Laura. They've given you a lot of exposure. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes.
2: They they solidified my love for everything else. I'm just going to say dad didn't really... Hit the head of of JavaScript with that one,
1: you know. And sometimes that can be the case. They can uh, they can do really well in other pieces and coding's coding's a hard, it's a hard hill to climb. You know, what I mean, and I don't mean that you can't accomplish it. But when you're young, you really have to find a way to that shows relevance. And JavaScript in the third grade, I'm very impressed, Laura, that you even. It, did pretty well with that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm very impressed. But what's great about that, and and this is something that I think is so imperative to what your mission is now, is in, engaging in these activities at a young age, builds your confidence and realizes that you can do these. And it also gives you an opportunity to figure out what you do and don't like. So you probably don't wanna sit down and code all day long and actually neither do I, and I am a coder, right? But yeah. I know how to do it and I know how to use it to get to where I want to be in order to accomplish a goal. Exactly. So understanding the components is really powerful, especially if you are a tinkerer, which um, sounds like you, you like a lot of the building and engineering piece, mm-hmm. but understanding how those pieces to go together and then how the code is gonna help those pieces come to life.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, Actually, last summer, um, when we were in the middle of COVID, um, I took a course um, where I could learn more about MATLAB and MATLAB simulation, um, which, of course, MATLAB is a crazy program. And that was super helpful to learn because I could put that into real-life application things that other um, software programs hadn't allowed me to do in the past.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, MATLAB is a great Great program for running code, for running mathematical pieces. It's a very flexible and usable software program. And you're exactly right. That's amazing. Well, tell me something. I know you are, you still are still in the ninth grade, but tell me a risk that you have taken that has paid off.
2: Right. Okay. So this might sound a little Little bit weird um, considering that we've only been talking about um, coding and engineering and science this entire time. Um, and something that usually comes along when you talk about science and engineering and coding is math. I'm outright going to say I fall into the grand majority of kids who just does not
1: like math. Yes, you um, do. You love math. We
2: love math
1: there you go there it is laura you love it you just don't have a passion for i mean you you like (laughs) it you know it's necessary you may just not have the the full-blown passion for all things mathematical yeah Um,
2: i will do math when it's necessary but i also prefer not to sit down and crank out problems
1: well i don't know who really enjoys that on a everyday basis
2: crazy friends (laughs) yes i would imagine (laughs) So anyways, um, I felt like I really struggled with math when I was in elementary school. Um, Since I came um, here in 2012, um, I didn't really know how to speak English. So while everybody else was learning addition and subtraction, I was learning my ABCs. Mm -hmm. Um, So addition and subtraction seemed impossible. So I really wasn't crazy about math at all. Um, So when I reached fifth grade, um, it came as a huge surprise when the school offered me to take an advanced seventh grade class as a sixth grader, which, you know, boom, what? I, I can barely do my multiplication. Why are you asking me of all people? So I didn't know if I should go for it because I knew that it's like it would likely be very frustrating for me um, or I'd end up not doing well at all and failing out. <laughs> so I accepted the offer. Um, motivated because my teachers thought I could do it and I could do very well at it. The first two years, I will say were very hard to me. The workload was not for me and the level of difficulty was immense. I didn't think that I was ever gonna be able to do it. I spent hours trying to understand subjects that seemed so obvious to the rest of my peers. And I attended every help session every single day. And then one day in Algebra one, something clicked in my brain, and everything kind of started making sense. It was like it was like a puzzle. It's like when you find that one corner piece in a puzzle, mm-hmm. you start making everything else. And the that year, everything started making a little bit more and more sense. So throughout this entire thing, I had my teachers and my mentors and my parents who were helping me learn so. Today, math is still the hardest subject that I'm taking by far, but I, I have become a strong math student. I'm at the top of my class, so i'm I'm gonna say I'm very proud to report that my friends <laughs> come to me for math help, which is beyond me. I don't understand why, but the fact that they do really proves that i I'm maybe I do have some skills in math. so. I'm really thankful that I stayed in this math track and that I persevered because it's taught me two things. Uh, One, that it's okay, you know, to take risks and to stretch yourself. But two, it's just as important to kind of have a support system to make that happen. Because without that, then, you know, if you just believe, believing in yourself is very important as it is. But if you don't have the people behind you to push you, And guide you then it's a lot harder to make it happen
1: it is but there's something about you Laura that's really amazing in that you know you took the risk to take a seventh grade math class in the sixth grade and Mostly, as I know, the teacher saw in you what I see in you, and which I know every listener listening is going to see, is that motivation and that inter- that intrinsic ability to be able to motivate yourself. Mm-hmm. And the other piece is is that you accepted help. You know, sometimes when we're young, or even when we're older, we don't stop and think, "You know, man," like we try to do everything by ourselves, and looking for help can seem weak, or it can be not viewed in the right way but you just said i went to every help session every day and that's incredible that means you were really taking the steps forth to grow both in your mathematical skill but also to grow as a person and to push yourself beyond your comfort that's what we call learning over comfort where you're really pushing yourself to do something better and yes my guess is that you do a really good job of explaining to your friends how to do the math it's not just about the robotics of doing it, but it's the how and the why and what the end piece could mean.
2: Well, I, I sure hope so because I think that's the reason that they come for me to help for help. Um, so I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna go I with a yes. Hope I'm doing that well. I think so. <laughs> well, I I ask that question because you have accomplished quite a bit, young lady, in in this in this short, beautiful life that you um, have had so far. I'd like for us to talk a little bit about the organization that you have started and your why. You talked a little bit at the beginning, at the top of the show, about that you had had this opportunity. Your parents have always pushed you to think about STEM and to, to do and ask questions, to be inquisitive. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, and I mean push in a, in a great way, in a positive manner. And when you would go, when you went to these competitions, you were not seeing other young girls like you in these competitions. And so you wanted to do something about it and think about how you could help change this conversation and open the doors for other Latina young women. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your organization and what your mission is and what you hope to achieve over the next however many years. Right. In a simple
2: one sentence um, explanation, STEAM Minutes is an initiative whose goal is to provide access to STEM programs for underrepresented children in STEM fields, more specifically, Latino kids. So I'm going to preface, preface my answer with a quick statement. So there are a lot of programs online Whose goal is also to introduce kids to STEAM concepts at a really young age. Um, mm-hmm. But many of these programs that are online require a paid subscription with a really high cost for the material. Mm-hmm. So it's really not accessible for everyone who so desires it. And secondly, these programs are not interactive programs, it just provides the material, but the kids are given the information and materials without anyone to guide them. STEAM Minis, which is what I'm trying to create, is unique in that it allows it allows the entire STEAM Minis community to have access to quality materials, but more specifically and um, more uniquely, it offers interactive workshops that play with a wide range of topics. So this type of hands-on learning, um, which I've talked a lot about how hands-on learning has really helped me develop a love for STEM, but This type of hands-on learning is to help kids um, get engaged and better understand topics. Um, STEAM minis, so I've mentioned before that when I came to the United States, kids were learning addition and subtraction, I was still trying to learn my ABCs. So to prevent this from happening to any other kids who are trying to learn STEM or trying to learn math or anything in general, um, since Latino kids tend to have more language barriers that inhibit their learning, I want to offer STEAM minis in both Spanish and English. Um, So STEAM minis is also a program for kids by kids. There are workshops and these workshops are led by high school aged kids who are STEAM minis counselors, um, which is in hope that kids really don't feel like workshops are a mandatory class similar to school, which is thus going to help the kids develop their own individual love for STEAM. You're probably hearing me talk about these workshops and this is the Minis community. And you guys are probably thinking, what is she talking about? <laughs> so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Okay. So Steam Minis, the goal is to provide access and awareness. Reason being, there's this program, this framework online called the Ad Carf framework, which I've slightly adapted to meet my own needs. In my sense, it's going to be access, awareness, desire, knowledge and opportunity i think that's the way that it goes in this sense it's if you don't if you have access and awareness to a topic then you'll grow the desire to learn more and the more you want to learn the more you end up knowing and the more you do know the more abilities that you're going to have in these fields which are thus going to lead to opportunities later in life So basically, when I did research after the Science Olympiad competition, I pinpointed it to the fact that Latinos don't have access or awareness to STEM topics. So my goal is to aim to fix that by presenting kids to STEAM at a really young age, just like how I was presented to STEAM topics through interactive workshops at a young age. And I want to do this. Obviously, right now we're in the midst of a pandemic. Which is not fun. I'm just going to go out right and say that nobody likes this pandemic. (laughs) So no, no. if anybody says they like this pandemic, I seriously need to talk to them. But anyways, um, so these workshops, these steam and these workshops, um, they're going to be fun, interactive workshops um, done online um, at first. And then we are going to slowly transition to in-person workshops. Um, So These online workshops are gonna be either fun labs or fun experiments that the kids can do. And then after these fun experiments that they do, they're gonna be able to learn STEM topics. So that it's not like they're sitting in a class bored at school. They're getting that attention that they need and that those fun activities, um, just like how I was able to use power tools and how I was able to design projects with my parents in my garage downstairs. It's essentially the same thing for the kids. But I'm going to be taking on the role of my parents, um, and something that I think is going to make C Minis even more special, like um, I mentioned, C Minis is a program for kids by kids. Um, so I don't want kids to feel like they're in, trapped in the classroom with a big, scary teacher who's twenty years older than them and tries to act like she's really she or he or them is really cool. Um, by using terminology.
1: Wait a minute. I am super cool, and I have totally used cool term- terminology. I or, I just not, want to you know. Laura's not nodding her head like mm hmm mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just joking. <laughs> Carry on. No, I think this is brilliant. Keep going. For it. Keep te- keep telling your story. No, I am not referencing to you per se. Um, I'm, I'm I'm joking with you. I'm totally joking. But there is definitely there is a differentiation in terms of lingo and how we say it versus how mm-hmm. a young person because I am not I am not experiencing the same type of context. As your well, I mean, age groups experience it differently. So, the way yeah. in which I experience technology, even as a kid, is very different than you are. So, yes, sure. you're exactly right. Okay, carry on for kids, by kids. Keep going, Lauren. So,
2: um, when ever so in general, when kids sit in a the classroom, they always think, What does this teacher know about us? I know this is what I thought. Um, what, what, what does this teacher know about us? This teacher is twice our age and I don't want to give kids the, um, the feeling that they just don't relate to me or that I don't understand them, which is why I think it's really cool that I'm so close in age to these kids because then kids are not going to feel like these workshops are a mandatory class similar to school. It's going to feel like they're doing it. or Ideally they are doing this for fun, but It's going to help kids develop their own individual love for STEAM without feeling forced into it. Um, And then hopefully, um, I'm going to be able to develop a really cool relationship with these kids um, as they continue their STEM endeavors and as they fall in love with different parts of the field. Um, Right now, I am working or developing a curriculum with CMS. Um, I'm also partnering with Girl Scouts to do a couple, um, single day activities with them. And I'm doing some workshops for Prenda, um, later this May. So, um, I'm, I'm really excited for those and I hope that kids are really going to start enjoying these, these activities.
1: Can you give us an example of maybe a topic or content around one of the workshops that you're going to do?
2: Right. So, um, one of the coolest things that I have, the, one of the, first, the coolest workshops that I have um, is, um, uh, I don't think that's the best way to start this. Workshops ideally are going to tackle different topics in STEAM. So it's going to be um, some things, you know, dealing with biology or ecosystems or microbiology. Um, in technology, of course, we're going to be dealing with computer programming, but we're also going to be doing Um, electrical engineering or circuitry um, with engineering it's going to be similar to kind of how I grew up in my garage Um, you know tinkering with things learning about engineering design um, and I guess that also correlates with science a little bit with the physics concepts um, that are required for engineering Um, in art um, that's going to be incorporated throughout um, all different activities showing creativity um, and, you know, want, and, you know, I guess,
1: imagination. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the thing about it is what everything you've mentioned and everything you've talked about, at the core of anything that we do in engineering, science, and math, it all really leads back to being creative and channeling creativity to innovation mm-hmm. and design. When you go down into your garage and you start thinking about building You know, you may have an idea in your brain, you have probably sketched out, maybe it's a planter box, or maybe it's a pencil holder, or maybe it's um, a box car, it could be anything that you're thinking about building, but all of that, that mathematics piece, the engineering design, the science behind it all is driven by the creative aspect of you wanting to channel and create something that mm-hmm. is going to be useful. I mean, most yeah. of the time, that's what we are driven to do is when we are wanting to innovate it's to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're mentioning is really powerful. You're going to start you with most of these being virtual. Will the children receive a box with materials or is most of it something they can find at home that they can use to complete the workshop?
2: So it's going to be both of them um, and a the third one too. So it's either going to be me performing the experiments that they watch it in case I'm going to be um, handling things that just might not be the best for them to be handling without parental supervision mm-hmm. um, or two, it's going to be things like you mentioned, things that are easily found at home. And lastly, um, eventually um, something I think would be really cool would be to be able to provide kits for the kids. Um, so that if I have materials that may not be easily found at home, um, that they can still have access to them or kids maybe who just um, just don't have the financial security to get these materials for themselves so that I can provide materials for them. But uh, right now, since we're just um, doing trials and figuring things out, um, I think that's something that I can think about in the future for sure. And something I think would be amazing to have, but um, something I think I, I'd need a little bit more time to develop and think through.
1: Sure. Well, you're just getting off your off your feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Steam Minis. It's steamminis.org, dot org. Correct. Yes. Is that all right? How can a listener or someone who is interested in what you're saying? How can they support you and your program? What does that look like? Yeah. So, I think
2: the biggest thing right now is just spread the word. Um, to anyone and everyone who's interested to um, join Steam minis or talk more to me or um, attend a workshop. Um, I think really all that I want to do is I want to bring this to as many kids as possible to show them how cool steam is. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing. If you know anybody who might be interested in attending any one of these workshops or who um, might know somebody else who's interested in knowing about these workshops. If you'll just get them to um, go to our website, which is steamminis.org, or just send me a quick email at contact at um, Either of those would work. Um, also, if you have just any ideas, any thoughts about what I can do to um, improve Steam Minis, or, you know, really reach as many people as possible, um, I am so open to suggestions um, and so open to speak with anybody who wants to help me out in any way shape or form.
1: Yes, I think your mission is incredible. I am very excited that uh, we will be able to partner and some with the work that I'm doing with Dottie Rose Foundation, which supports middle school girls in computer science. And Laura is an incredible role model for my young ladies to see her passion and mission to want to continue to change the conversation and provide a safe space for learning and development. I think it's in an Incredible at 15 that you have this vision. Where do you see yourself in five years? In
2: five years, so five years, let's see. I mean, hopefully, I, I, I'd want to get into college. So um, I think
1: that's probably going to happen, Laura. You'll get into college.
2: I'd hope to see myself as, um, as a freshman in college. Um, but I'd also hope that STEAM Minis has a platform that can um, grow and foster um, where I've been able to reach multiple Latina girls and multiple people in the Latina community, and has have hopefully shown them um, how cool and amazing STEM is.
1: Do you have an idea of what you? I mean. What do you want to do when you grow up or do you feel like that? I mean, I know that obviously your organization is a huge passion, but do you have a dream of a career you're interested in?
2: So if I had to choose anything right now, I'd probably say um, definitely something in STEM. No doubt about it. I know that this is something that I'm just truly passionate about and I want to spend the rest of my life doing. Um, but I think something else um, that I myself am interested in is um, kind of just um, the, um, the planet and the environmental aspect of things. I feel like ideally my dream job would be something in um, environmental engineering or maybe even um, in civil engineering. I know for sure it's something with engineering because I just love it. <laughs> I just really love it. Um, or chemical engineering, something where I can truly help um, the global climate challenge that we're facing these days um, so that it can you know, make an impact on our future and for the rest of the planet as well.
1: I think that's really incredible because you can use all your skills to solve big problems, problems that um, need to be solved. And I do believe your generation is going to really change a lot of what has happened and are so much more cognizant of what's what's going on in the climate right now. If you could choose a role model or somebody who you truly have looked up to over the past few years, who is that and why?
2: So if I had to choose a historical role model, I'm going to say that that's going to be Marie Curie because Mm. in the fourth grade, I did a project on Marie Curie where I researched her life and I had to like go and portray her and act like her. Um, So since then, I guess that's when I really started learning more about my love for STEM. So um, I learned about Marie Curie and her life at the same time um, that I was growing really into STEM. Um, So I guess the fact that she just um, was completely merciless and learned so much and did so much as a woman in those years is so incredibly impressive um, because her research still affects us today um and for the rest of eternity too but if i had to say on a more personal level i'm gonna say my mom is my biggest role model Um, i mean my mom is just an amazing person she is she's a big science nerd but she's also the best mom that i could ever imagine Um, the amount of times that she's taken me to Bova tea after my science competitions or after a rough math test, um, or the amount of times that she's encouraged me to go for something. Um, you know, she was the one, I told her my idea about steam minis and she's like, Laura, this is a an amazing idea. Can you imagine the amount of people that you would be able to help with this? Go for it. You know, like chase your dreams. Really. She's really pushed me, um, and, you know, really guided me along as I'm growing up. So my mom, which sounds very cheesy. And I hope my mom never listens to this because then she's going to get all teary eyed. And then she's going to come give me a big old
1: hug. Yeah, she's going to listen to it because I'm going to make sure they listen to it. And I hope she comes to give you lots of kisses. That's what I always tell my two children. I'm like, so, you know, I would love to give kisses and hugs. And she, uh, yes, and she should be incredibly proud. And what a wonderful person to tell you to always go and chase your dreams. I would agree with you. My mom and my grandmother uh, were huge influences in my life as well, still are. My my grandmother's not with us, but my mom is still my biggest cheerleader, my biggest champion, the one that's always saying, yes, go for it, Sharon, do it. You know, it's, um, it's incredible to have someone in your in your field who is supporting you, as you mentioned before, having that support is very, very uh, important, which I believe that's what your organization is doing and will do for other young, uh, young kids in your community. And I believe that that's what I have always set out to do with, with my work and my mission with my nonprofit in supporting um, other educators. So I'd like for us to take just another minute or so. Laura has created a platform to inspire the next generation of Latino children and beyond. But uh, she has a passion around uh, focusing and embracing the culture, the Latina culture. And so tell everyone one more time where they can go to find out information. And is there any social media pieces that you would like or places you would like for them to follow if it's just the website and then how they can support you?
2: Right. Um, So, if you want to learn more about STEAMinis, you can visit STEAMinis.org. That's um, S-T-E-A-M-I-N-I-S.org. That website is both in English and in Spanish to make sure that there are no language complications there. So, if you'd rather look at it in Spanish, you can go ahead and do that too. Or you can reach out to me at contact at STEAMinis.org, spelled the same way as the website. um, And I will you know, I'll be back to you really quickly. Um, any and all advice is appreciated. Um, and if you know anybody who might be interested in attending one of these workshops, um, just lead them to our website or lead them to the email too. And I'd love to talk to them more about it
1: too. Do you, I meant to ask this, do you encourage young people to submit workshop ideas or thoughts oh, since you're developing yeah. this for kids by kids?
2: Yeah, of course, um, if kids have something that they really want to see done or an idea that um, they think could be cool or that a lot of kids would love to do, I think that would be really helpful for me and really helpful for the participants to, you know, hear something that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about things that I would have liked to do two or three years back. But if somebody who's right now at that age has a perfect workshop idea um, to just send it over to me to the same email um, and I'd be super appreciative.
1: Yeah, you know, and if they uh, it would be really cool, too, if they might even have the opportunity to lead that workshop in conjunction with you, because, again, gives them that confidence. The piece that I have loved the most um, in terms of learning about you, Laura, and your history and your passion for Help, passion for STEM is the encouragement and the exposure that your parents provided, and that you are inquisitive and you're continuing to ask questions and want to know more and wanting to find a way to give back to the community and serve the next generation of young people that are coming behind you. There's a song by Tim McGraw that you know, you never, you you always want to stop and turn back around to support the person to support who's coming behind you. And you really embrace that, Laura. And it's uh, really an honor to know you and for the opportunity to be able to work with you and uh, watch you grow as you really begin to soar over these next few years. I just I cannot wait to see what you all, what you are able to accomplish.
2: No, thank you so much for having me here today. I had a really good time talking to you.
1: Excellent. Well, if you've enjoyed everything that we've talked about today, I would love to have you have you subscribe to the Coding the Future on the Voice America platform or on any of the podcast apps. You can go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And those are the top that are coming to mind right now. Any of those platforms, you can find Coding the Future and hit subscribe so you get updates when a new episode comes out. We are live every Wednesday at 2 o'clock. And we talk with tech experts and career experts and young people just like Laura to provide a well-rounded conversation around moving your own tech savviness to the next level. Remember, there's a couple of things that Laura brought up today. You can just take one step at a time, be curious, ask some questions. She was curious about wanting to know why the car was moving faster than it was on the inside. I didn't even think about it. Why is the sky blue? Finding that information that, you know, actually it's not blue, it is refraction. That is really cool. I'm glad you brought that up. And taking that risk of doing a seventh grade math class in the sixth grade. I think that's the big takeaway or the action item that Laura is leaving us all with is curiosity. What are you curious about and asking some questions and finding out a little bit more about what you're curious about? It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for spending your hour with us. Again, Coding the Future is on the Voice America platform. On any of your uh, podcast apps, you can download and share with your friends. If you'd like to know more about what Laura is doing, please go to steamminis.com inis.org org. if you're interested to know more about what i'm doing in my own organization with Dottie rose foundation where we support middle school girls in computer science please go to dottie rose foundation.org and if you're an educator or someone who works in education and would like to know more about how my company can help support your educators find their own tech savviness. Go to the dot, dot Thank you again. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for being here with us on this hour of coding the future. And we'll see you all next time.
0: The world needs more women with tech skills at the Dottie Rose Foundation. We encourage, support and educate girls who have an interest in technology and want to learn how it can be used to enhance their learning and future careers. Our camps demonstrate that most future career paths will benefit from developing a wide range of increasingly important technology and software skills. We accomplish this through mastering computational thinking, boosting self-confidence, and creating new possibilities for each girl. Visit DottieRoseFoundation.org. Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then.